Good morning, third graders. Hope your day is going well. Today for reading, we're going to start Super Fudge, written by Judy Bloom. It's a year after Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing, where Fudge is now a four-year-old. We'll be possibly going to school. And then we have Peter, who is now in fifth grade. And there's going to be some very exciting news in chapter one. Those of you that have read this before on your own, Please follow along. There will be some discussion questions for you as well as we begin this. Hope you enjoy this. Here we go. Fine. Guess what, Peter? Life was going along okay when my mother and father dropped the news. Bam! Just like that. We have something wonderful to tell you, Peter, Mom said before dinner. She was slicing carrots into the salad bowl. I grabbed one. What is it? I asked. I figured maybe my father's been made president of the company. Or maybe my teacher phoned, saying that even though I don't get the best grades in the fifth grade, I am definitely the smartest kid in the class. We're going to have a baby, Mom said. We're going to what? I asked, starting to choke. Dad had to whack me on the back. Tiny pieces of chewed up carrot flew out of my mouth and hit the counter. Mom wiped them up with a sponge. Have a baby, Dad said. You mean you're pregnant? I asked mom. That's right, she told me, patting her middle. Almost four months. Four months? You've known for four months and you didn't tell me? We wanted to be sure, dad said. It took you four months to be sure? I saw the doctor for the second time today, mom said. The baby's due in February. She reached over and tried to tussle my hair. I ducked and got out of the way before she could touch me. Dad took the lid off the pot on the stove and stirred up the stew. Mom went back to slicing carrots. You'd have thought we were discussing the weather. How could you? I shouted. How could you? Isn't one enough? They both stopped and looked at me. I kept right on shouting. Another fudge. Just what this family needs. I turned and stormed down the hall. Fudge, my four-year-old brother, was in the living room. He was shoving crackers into his mouth and laughing like a loon at Sesame Street on TV. I looked at him and thought about having to go through it all over again. The kicking and the screaming and the messes and more, much more. I felt so angry that I kicked the wall. Now we're going to stop here to discuss some things. How do you think you would feel if you were Peter right now? Give you a little bit of time to think about that. And what do you think Fudge's reaction is going to be about having a baby in the house? Remember, he's only four years old. Maybe you have a four-year-old sibling and know how they would react. We'll continue on the top of page five where it says Fudge turned. Fudge turned. Hi, Peter, he said. You are the biggest pain ever invented, I yelled. He tossed a handful of crackers at me. I raced to my room and slammed the door. So hard my map of the world fell off the wall and landed on the bed. My dog Turtle barked. I opened the door just enough to let him squeeze through, then slammed it shut again. I pulled my Adidas bag out of the closet and emptied two dresser drawers into it. Another fudge, I said to myself. They're going to have another fudge. There was a knock at my door, and Dad called, Peter? Go away, I told him. I'd like to talk to you, he said. 
About what? As if I didn't know. The baby. What baby? You know what baby. We don't need another baby. Need it or not, it's coming. Dad said. So you might as well get used to the idea. Never. We'll talk about it later. Dad said. In the meantime, scrub up. It's time for dinner. I'm not hungry. I zipped up my bag, grabbed a jacket, and opened my bedroom door. No one was there. I marched down the hall and found my parents in the kitchen. I'm leaving, I announced. I'm not going to hang around waiting for another fudge to get born. Goodbye. I didn't move. I just stood there, waiting to see what they'd do next. Where are you going? Mom asked. She took four plates out of the cabinet and handed them to Dad. To Jimmy Fargo's, I said. Although until that moment, I hadn't thought at all about where I would go. They have a one-bedroom apartment, Mom said. You'd be very crowded. Then I'll go to Grandma's. She'll be happy to have me. Grandma's in Boston for the week, visiting Aunt Linda. Oh, so why don't you scrub up and have your dinner? And then you can decide where to go, Mom said. I didn't want to admit that I was hungry, but I was. And all those good smells coming from the pots and pans on the stove were making my mouth water. So I dropped my Adidas bag and went down the hall to the bathroom. Fudge was at the sink. He stood on his stool, lathering his hands with three inches of suds. Hello, you must be Bert, he said in his best Sesame Street voice. My name is Ernie. Glad to meet you. He offered me one of his sudsy little hands. Roll up your sleeves, I told him. You're making a mess. Mess, mess, I love to make a mess, he sang. We know, we know, I told him. I ran my hands under the faucet and dried them on my jeans. When we got to the table, Fudge arranged himself in his chair. Since he refuses to sit in his booster seat, he has to kneel so that he can reach his place at the table. Peter didn't scrub, he said. He only winced. You little, I started to say, but Fudge was already yapping away to my father. Hello, I'm Bert. You must be Ernie. That's right, my father said, playing along with him. How are you, Bert? Well, I'll tell you, Fudge said. My liver's turning green and my toenails are falling off. Sorry to hear that, Bert, my father said. Maybe tomorrow will be a better day. Yes, maybe, Fudge said. I shook my head and piled some mashed potatoes on my plate. Then I drowned them in gravy. Remember when we took Fudge to hamburger heaven? I said, and he smeared the mashed potatoes all over the wall. I did that? Fudge asked, suddenly interested. Yes, I told him, and you dumped a plate of peas on your head, too. My mother started to laugh. <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that day. Too bad you didn't remember before you decided to have another baby, I said. Now, if you remember, when he did dump his peas on his head, do you remember what he said in Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing? That's right. He did say, eat it or wear it. Now we're getting to the part where Fudge is going to find out about a baby. So let's see if your prediction is right. And see if he interacts with his brother in a different way now. Baby? Fudge asked. My mother and father looked at each other. I got the message. They hadn't told Fudge the good news yet. Yes, Mom said. We're going to have a baby. Tomorrow? Fudge asked. No, not tomorrow, Mom said. When? Fudge asked. 
February. That's it. January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Fudge recited. Okay, okay, I said. We all know how smart you are. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. Enough, I said. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, R, B, Y, Z. Will somebody turn him off, I said. Fudge was quiet for a few minutes. Then he said, what kind of new baby will it be? Let's hope it's not like you, I said. Why not? I was a good baby, wasn't I, Mommy? You were an interesting baby, Fudgy, Mom said. See, I was an interesting baby, he said to me. And Peter was a sweet baby, Mom said. He was very quiet. Lucky you had me first, I said to Mom. Or you might not have had any more kids. Was I a quiet baby too? Fudge asked. I wouldn't say that, Dad said. I want to see the baby, Fudge said. You will. Now. You can't see it now, Dad said. Why not, Fudge asked. Because it's inside me, Mom told him. Here it comes, I thought, the big question. When I asked it, I got a book called How Babies Are Made. I wondered what Mom and Dad would say to Fudge. But Fudge didn't ask. Instead, he banged his spoon against his plate and howled. I want to see the baby. I want to see the baby now. You'll have to wait until February, Dad said, just like the rest of us. Now, 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 Fudge screamed. Another five years of this, I thought. Maybe even more. And who's to say that they aren't going to keep on having babies, one after the other? Excuse me. I said, getting up from the table. I went into the kitchen and grabbed my Adidas bag. Then I stood in the doorway and called, Well, I'd better be on my way. I sort of waved goodbye. Where is Peter going? Fudge asked. I'm running away, I told him. But I'll come back to visit. Someday. No, Peter, don't go. Fudge jumped off his chair and ran to me. He grabbed my leg and started bawling. Peter, Peter, take me with you. I tried to shake him off my leg, but I couldn't. He can be really strong. I looked at my mother and father. Then I looked down at Fudge, who gave me the same look as Turtle when he's begging for a biscuit. If only I knew for sure what the baby would be like, I said. Take a chance, Peter, Dad said. The baby won't necessarily be anything like Fudge. But it won't necessarily not be like him either, I answered. Fudge tugged at my leg. I want an interesting baby. He said, like me. I sighed. If you think it's going to sleep in my room, you're crazy, I told Mom and Dad. The baby will sleep in here, Mom said, in the dining area. Then where will we eat? Oh, we'll think of something, Mom said. I put my Adidas bag down and tried shaking Fudge off one more time. Okay, I said. I'll stay for now, but when the baby comes, if I don't like it, I'm leaving. Me too, Fudge said. Sam got a new baby and it smells. He held his nose. P.U. Who wants dessert? Dad asked. It's vanilla pudding. I do, I do, Fudge yelped. He let go of me and climbed into his chair. Peter, Dad said. Sure, why not? And I sat down at the table too. Mom reached over and tousled my hair. This time, I let her. As you can tell, our tone of Peter changes throughout. He gets very upset, but then realizes that he should stay. 
and does get dessert. What I want you to do right now is get out some paper, any type, notebook paper, coloring paper, whatever you have, whatever you have around the house that you can use. Now you just draw me a picture of what the baby's going to look like. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? Those of you that have read it, draw me the picture and on the bottom, write down her nickname. If you can remember. After you've done that, I also want you to read the first page of chapter two called Coochie Coochie Coo and send it to me through Seesaw. You can just send me the recording you can, or you can send me a picture of the page, whichever you prefer, and then I will check it out on Seesaw. Keep reading, third graders. Keep having great days. I will see you soon. Have a great, great day. Third graders, welcome back. It's Tuesday. I will be reading to you today, and we are going to be reading chapter two, which is found on page 13. It's called Coochie Coochie Coo. And if you remember, we just found out that Fudge and Peter are having a new baby. Here we go. Before the end of the week, Fudge asked a big question. How did the baby get inside Ma you, Mommy? So Mom borrowed my copy of how babies are made, and she read it to Fudge. As soon as he had the facts straight, he was telling anybody and everybody exactly how Mom and Dad had made the baby. He told Henry, our elevator operator. Henry smiled and said, that's a mouthful for a small fry like you. He told the checker at the supermarket. Her eyes got bigger and bigger until mom said, that's enough, Fudgy. But I'm just getting to the good part, Fudge said. Peter, mom said, it's getting very warm in here. Why don't you take Fudge outside? He saw a pregnant woman on the bus and said, I know what's growing inside you. And I know how it got there, too. The woman got up and changed her seat. He told Grandma, she said to my mother, Annie, do you think it's wise for him to know so much? In days we talked about that stork. What's a stork, Fudge asked? The big bird, I told him. Like Big Bird on Sesame Street? Not exactly. I like birds, Fudge said. I want to be one when I grow up. You can't be a bird, Grandma said. Why not? Because you're a boy. So what, Fudge said. He laughed like crazy and turned somersaults on the floor. Fudge never stopped talking about his favorite subject. He told his preschool class and his teacher was so impressed she phoned and asked mom to come to school. Children had a lot of questions for her so mom went to Fudge's class and enjoyed it so much she offered to come to my class too. I told her no thanks. I hadn't told anyone she was going to have a baby except Jimmy Fargo. I tell him about everything, and Sheila Tubman knew because she lives in our building and could see the mom was pregnant. She's very old to be having a baby, isn't she? Sheila asked one afternoon. She's 34, I said. Sheila opened her mouth. Oh, she's really old. She's not as old as your mother, I said. I had no idea how old Mrs. Tubman was, but Sheila's sister Libby was 13, so I guess that Mrs. Tubman was older than mom. But you don't see my mother having a baby, do you, she asked. No, but 
I couldn't always think of anything else to say. I didn't understand what she was getting at anyway. When I went upstairs, I asked mom, isn't 34 old? Isn't 34 old to be having a baby? I don't think so, Mom said. Why? Just wondering. Grandma had Aunt Linda when she was 38. Oh, so my mother wasn't the oldest woman in the world today having a baby. And Sheila didn't know what she was talking about, as usual. On February 26, while my fifth grade class was on a trip to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, my sister was born. Ooh, it's a sister. It's a girl. Later, I found out that she was born exactly 2.04 in the afternoon, just as we were in the Egyptian room studying the mummies. They named her Tamara Roxanne, but for weeks, everybody called her the baby. The baby is crying. The baby is hungry. Shh, the baby is sleeping. Soon, instead of calling her the baby, Mom started saying dumb things like, how's my little tootsie wootsie, as a baby could answer her. Does my little tootsie wootsie need to be changed? Yes, almost always. Does my little tootsie wootsie need a feeding? Yes, almost always. And Mom's little tootsie wootsie never slept more than two hours at a time. Every night, I'd wake up to her howls. Turtle, who slept at the foot of my bed, woke up too. Then he'd howl along with her. A regular duet. Does anyone know what a duet is? That's right. A duet is when two people are doing it. So two people singing a song. Good job. By the time she was one month old, everybody was calling her Tootsie. Right away, I could see that there would be problems. I tried to warn my mother and father. When she goes to school with a name like that, the kids are going to tease her. They'll call her Tootsie Roll or worse. Mom and Dad laughed. Oh, Peter, you're so funny. Only I wasn't being funny at all. I knew what I was talking about. But there's nothing I could do about it. I had a brother called Fudge, and now I had a sister called Tootsie. Maybe what my parents really wanted to was a candy factory. I wondered how... Come, I got off so easy. Tootsie was much smaller than I expected, but she was tough. I found that out when Fudge tried to pull her toes. I just wanted to see what would happen. He explained when Tootsie screamed. You must never do that again, Mom told him. How would you like if Peter tried to pull off your toes? I couldn't help laughing at that one. Peter knew my toes don't come off, Fudge said. Well, neither do Tootsie's, Mom said. One afternoon when I came home from school, Tootsie wasn't in her crib. I figured Mom was feeding her, so I went to her bedroom to say hello. Mom was lying on her bed with her hands over her eyes. Hi, I said. Where's Tootsie? In her crib, asleep, Mom muttered. No, she's not. I'm going to pause here and let you think, where do you think Tootsie is? And did Fudge have anything to do with it? All right, let's find out. Of course she is. I just put her down a few minutes ago. I looked in her crib, and I'm telling you, she's not there. Mom took her hands away from her face. What are you saying, Peter? Mom, Tootsie's not in her crib. That's all I'm saying. Mom jumped up. Then where is she? We both ran down the hall into the area where we used to eat. 
Mom looked into her crib, but Tootsie wasn't there. Oh, no, Mom cried. She's been kidnapped. Who'd want her? As soon as I said it, I was sorry. Call the police, Peter, Mom said. No, wait, call Dad first. No, call the police. Dial 911. Wait a minute, Mom, I said. Where's Fudge? Fudge? In his room, I guess. He was listening to tapes when I put Tootsie down for a nap. She looked thoughtfully for a minute. You don't think. He raced. We raced down to Fudge's room. He was sitting on the floor playing with his matchbox cars and listening to Puff the Magic Dragon. Where's Tootsie, Mom said. Tootsie, Fudge asked, sounding a lot like me when I'm trying to get out of answering a question. Yes, Tootsie, Mom said louder. She's hiding, Fudge said. What are you talking about? We're playing a game, Fudge told her. Who's playing a game, Mom asked. Us, Fudge said. Me and Tootsie. Tootsie can't play. She's too young for games. I help her, Fudge said. I help her hide. Fudge, Mom said, and I could tell that in another minute she'd really let him have it. Where is Tootsie? I can't tell. She'll be mad. Just as my mother was about to explode, I had an idea. Let's play hot and cold, I said to Fudge. You follow me, and when I get close to Tootsie, you say hot. When I get far away from her, you say cold. Get it? I like games, Fudge said. Okay, ready? Ready. Let's go. I walked down the hall to the living room. Cold, 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 Fudge sang. I went into the kitchen. Cold, cold, cold. I walked in front in the front hall. Hot. Ooh, hot, Fudge cried. I opened the guest closet. Very hot. Watch out, you're... You'll get burned. He jumped up and down, clapping his hands. Tootsie was on the floor of the closet, fast asleep in her infant seat. Mom scooped her up in her arms. Oh, thank goodness, my little Tootsie Wootsie is all right. Mom put her back into the crib, and then she really let go. That was very, that was a very naughty thing to do, she shouted. I'm very angry at you, Fudge. But Tootsie likes to play. Have you hit her before? Yes, you must never do that again. Do you understand? No. You can't carry her around that way. She's not heavy, but babies have to be carried in a special way. You mean like mother cats carry their kittens, Fudge asked? That's right, Mom told him. Fudge laughed. But you don't carry Tootsie in your mouth. No, I don't. But I do carry her very carefully to protect her. Do you love me, Mommy? Yes, very much. Then get rid of Tootsie, Fudge said. I'm sick of her. She's no fun. Someday she'll be fun, and she'll be able to play hide-and-seek with you. But you have to wait. She's not ready yet. I don't want to wait. I want you to get rid of her now. Tootsie is our baby. I'm your baby. You're my little boy. No, I'm your baby. All right, Mom said. You're my baby, too. Then pick me up like you do Tootsie. Mom opened her arms, and Fudge jumped up into them. He rested his head on Mommy's shoulder, shoved his fingers in his mouth, and slurped on them. I know it's stupid, but just for a minute, I wish I could be Mommy's baby again, too. After that, whenever we had company, Fudge tried to sell Tootsie. (laughs) You like the baby, he'd ask? Oh, yes. She's just adorable. You can have her for a quarter. When that didn't work, he tried to give her away. We have a baby upstairs, and you can have her for free. He'd say to someone on the street.
When that didn't work, he tried to pay to have someone take her away. I'll give you a quarter if you take her to your house and never bring her back. He tried that with Sheila Tubman. Mother told me that when I was born, Libby wanted to get rid of me too, Sheila said. Who could blame her, I thought. But she got over it, and so will you, she told Fudge. Fudge kicked Sheila, and then he ran down the hall. Sheila stood over Tootsie's crib. Lucky for her, she doesn't look like you, Peter. What's that supposed to mean, I said. Look in the mirror sometime. Coochie, coochie, coo, she said to Tootsie. We talk to her like she's a regular person, I said. She's not a regular person, Sheila told me. She's a baby. So, you don't have to make those stupid noises at her. But she likes them. Watch this. If I tickle her under her chin, she smiles. Just looks like she's smiling, but really it's gas. Oh no, Tootsie is smiling just for me, aren't you, you precious little thing? It didn't look like Tootsie was smiling. But why would anybody smile at Sheila Tubman, even a baby? That night, Fudge climbed into Tootsie's crib. I'm the baby, he said. Ga, ga, ga. Dad lifted him out of the crib. You're a big boy. You sleep in the big boy bed. No, I'm not a big boy. I'm a baby. Wah, wah, wah. I decided it was time to have a little talk with the kid. So I said, hey, Fudge, you want me to read you a story? Yes. Okay, get into bed, and I'll be right there. I brushed my teeth and put on my pajamas. When I got to Fudge's room, he was sitting up in the bed with his favorite book spread out across his lap. Arthur the Anteater, read, he said. I sat down next to him. Aren't you tired of acting like a baby, I asked. No, I thought you wanted to be like me. I do. Well, you can't be a baby and be like me too. Why not? Uh, because babies can't do anything. They just eat and sleep and cry. They aren't even interesting. Then why does everybody think Tootsie's so great? Because she's new. She'll get tired of get tired of her pretty soon. They'll get tired of her pretty soon. It'll, it's better to be older. Why? We get more privileges. What's privileges? It means you get to do things you can't, she can't do. Like what? Like staying up late and uh, watching TV and all sorts of things. I don't get to stay up late. You do. That's because I'm the biggest brother. But you'll get to stay up later than Tootsie. When? When she's four and you're eight. Then you'll get to stay up a lot later. And you'll go to school and you'll know how to read and write. She won't. And, uh, read? Fudge said, sliding down under the covers. Will you stop trying to be a baby, I asked. I'll think about it. Well, that's better than nothing, I said. Fudge fell asleep before I finished the book. I pulled up his covers and turned out his light. Then I went into the bathroom and studied myself in the mirror. What was Sheila Tubman thinking about? I looked the same as always. And why did she think Tootsie was lucky not to look like me, unless it was my ears? Lately, they seemed too big. I tried holding them flat against the side of my head. Not bad, I thought. Maybe I could tape them back every morning before school. But what could a what would be a lot? But that would be a lot of trouble. If I grew up my hair longer, I could hide them. Yes, that's what I do. Grow my hair until it covers my ears. I yawn. When I yawn, while I am looking in the mirror, I can see my tonsils. I went into my room, got into bed, and fell asleep. Who cared? 
what Sheila Tumley thought anyway. Now, third graders, again, what I'd like you to do is read the first page of chapter three, another something wonderful, and seesaw it to me. And what I'd like you to do is, for chapter two is, write me what your nicknames are and send that to me. I won't post them on Seesaw, but if you would send me them as a Schoology message, what kind of names did your parents have for you growing up? It would be a great discussion question with your parents. Okay. As we can see, Fudge is trying to get rid of Tootsie, trying to sell her, give her away. None of that worked. Okay. We will start Chapter 3 tomorrow. Have a great day. Enjoy the weather, get outside, get some fresh air, hope to see you soon. Have a great day. <clears throat> Welcome back third graders. I hope you've had a good week so far. This is Wednesday's chapter three episode. I hope you are following along with the other chapters we've done and kind of answered questions to yourself. Now in this chapter, it says that another something wonderful. That's our new chapter. So start thinking, what else could go right or wrong for Peter? Here we go. Life at our house had definitely changed. Dad would come home at night with his arm full of grocery bags and fix our dinner. The washing machine was always running. Every time Tootsie had a feeding and was burped, she'd spit up. Ugh, that's pretty gross. She had to be changed about six times a day. Fudge started wetting his pants again and then his bed. Mom and Dad said he was just going through a phase and that if we were patient, it would pass. I suggested putting him back in diapers, but nobody else thought that was a very good idea. One afternoon, Mom started to cry right in front of me. What's wrong, I asked. I'm just so tired, she said. There's so much to do. Sometimes I think I won't be able to make it through the week. That's what you get for having a baby, I told her. That mate only made her cry even harder. I don't like to see my mother cry. I feel so sorry for her. But at the same time, she makes me angry. Grandma came over a few days a week to help. And Mom hired Libby Tubman to take care of Fudge after school. I stayed at Jimmy Fargo's until dinner time. Nobody seemed to miss me around the house. Anyway, by the middle of May, life had improved. Tootsie was sleeping four hours at a clip during the day and even longer at night. Dad and Mom were fixing dinner together, and Mom talked about going back to college to get a degree in art history, which surprised me because before I was born, she worked as a dental assistant. Why art history, I asked. Because it interests me, she said. What about teeth? Are you interested in teeth anymore? Well, yes, Mom said. But not as much as art history. I think I'm ready for a change. Isn't having Tootsie enough of a change? Yes, but someday she'll grow up and go to school. and I'll want to have a career. Oh, I said. Sure that I really understood. On the last day of school, we had a class party. Cupcakes and island punch. 
I drink eight cups of it. Island Punch is my favorite drink. Mom says I'm addicted to it. And I tell her, that's right. If you cut me open, you'll find several nutritious flavors, fruit flavors running through my veins. After drinking eight cups in a row, then walking home from school, then waiting for the elevator, then digging out the key and unlocking the door to our apartment and dashing down the hall to the bathroom, I really had to pee. I mean, really. But Fudge had already was already in there, sitting on the toilet, turning the pages of Arthur the Anteater. Hurry up, I told him. I've got to go. It's not good for me to hurry, Fudge said. So I ran to Mom's room, but the door onto her bathroom was locked. Mom, I called, banging on the door. I can't hear you, she called. The shower's running. I'll be out in five minutes. Check on Tootsie, would you? So I ran back to my bathroom, but Fudge hadn't moved. Come on, I said. This is an emergency. I drank eight cups of Island Punch this afternoon. I drank two glasses of cocoa. How about getting off for just a minute? Then would it be good for me, he said. Come on, Fudge. I can't think when you're in here, he said. What do you have to think about? Making? I could have lifted him off. But now that he's stopped wetting, we're all supposed to encourage him to use the toilet. So I ran down the hall again, thinking Tootsie was, has it easy. She just lets it out wherever and whenever. And I remembered that my teacher had read us a book about life in England in the 18th century. People used chamber pots instead of toilets way back then. I wish we had an old chamber pot handy. I was getting desperate. I ran into the living room and looked around. We have a big plant over in the corner. It stands more than five feet high. Should I? I wondered. No, that's disgusting, I thought. But when you've got to go, you've got to go, I reminded myself. I loosened my buckle, my belt buckle. As I did, Fudge called, Okay, Pita, I'm done. You do the flush. Fudge refuses to flush the toilet. He's afraid he'll get down in the drain, too. But this wasn't this, the time to try and convince him he was wrong. I raced down the hall and relieved myself. Fudge watched. He was really impressed. I never saw so much at once, he said. Thanks, I told him. That night, we were all sitting around in the living room, watching TV. I was holding Tootsie on my lap. She let out a soft little sigh. She's a lot like Turtle when he's asleep. I can tell what kind of dream he's having by the noise he makes. And sometimes, when he's having a nightmare, he cries out and shakes. Then I pet him until he calms down again. It's the same with Tootsie. She'll, she'll be fast asleep, but she'll make these little noises to her cry out and wiggle around. Other times she'll work her mouth just like she's sucking on her bottle. I guess she dreams about eating a lot. But the little sighs are my favorites because then I know she's content. And she feels so warm and soft lying in my arms that way that I feel good all over. Soon as I shore, show as soon as the show was over, Dad snapped off the TV, turned to face us, and said, "We have some really good news for you boys." Oh no, not again! I said, looking down at Tootsie. Mom and Dad laughed. Something different this time, Dad said. Is it interesting? Fudge asked, racing his little cars around across the floor. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Yes, very interesting, Mom said. Well, 
Don't keep us in suspense, I said. Let's hear it. As I pause here on page 31, think about what could this surprise be? Obviously, not another baby. All right, we'll continue on page 31. Is suspense like privilege, Fudge asked? No, I told him. Now shut up and listen. I looked at my father. Well, I asked, his ideas of something interesting and my idea of something interesting aren't necessarily the same. We're moving to Princeton, Dad said. We're what? I wanted to jump up, but I couldn't, not with Tootsie on my lap. Is Princeton near the park? Fudge asked, running his little red car up and down Mom's leg. No, stupid, I said. It's in New Jersey. Is New, G near New Jersey near the park, he asked. Not Central Park, Mom said. But you won't need you won't need Central Park, Dad said, because you'll have your own backyard. What's a backyard, Fudge asked. It's like a small park, Mom told him. My own park, Fudge asked? More or less, Dad said. She shut him up. What about art history, I said to my mom. What about it, she answered. I thought you were going to go back to school and study art history. Princeton University has an art history department. I may take classes there. Just for a year, Dad said, looking at me, to see how we like being away from the city. Away, 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 Fudge sang. You can't have a conversation in front of him. It's useless. Couldn't my mother and father see that? We're going next week, Dad said. What about Maine, I asked. We always go to Maine for two weeks in the summer. M-A-I-N-E spells Maine, Fudge sang. M-A-I-N-E. How does he know how to spell Maine, Mom asked Dad. I have no idea, Dad said. So what about it, I pressed. Are we going to Maine? We're going to Princeton instead, Dad told me. Instead, 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 Fudge babbled. Shut up, I yelled at him. And then I said just as loud, I hate Princeton. You'll never, ever, you're, you're, you've never, ever been there, Mom said. Oh, yes, I have. We went to visit some dumb friends of yours, and they served us a disgusting dinner. Shrimp and mushrooms and spinach all mixed together. And I was hungry, but they wouldn't give me anything else to eat. Not even an extra piece of bread, I remember. Well, that's right, Mom said. I've forgotten all about the day at Millie and George's house. You forgot everything that's important. Look, Peter, Dad said. We're hoping you'd be pleased about Princeton. We've already rented a house there. In fact, we've rented Millie and George's house. We're going, they're going to Europe for a year. That old dump? It's not a dump. It's a beautiful old place, and we've arranged to sublet our apartment. So I'd like to keep you, you to keep an open mind about this. Open, 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 Fudge sang. You should have told me before, just like you should have told me about Tootsie as soon as you knew. You never told me anything. And here, I said, shoving Tootsie at Dad, why don't you hold your stupid baby yourself? Because I have things to do. I got up and marched across the living room, kicked a couple of Fudge's cars as I went. By the time I got to my room, he was crying good, I thought. And then Tootsie started better yet. And then Turtle began to bark. Let him suffer. I slammed my door and my map wound up on my bed again. I guess I fell asleep in my clothes because the next thing I knew, Mom was shaking me and saying,
Come on, Peter. Get dressed. Undress and under the covers. It's late. Two offer covers, I mumbled. Okay, if you want to sleep in your clothes, tonight you can. But at least take off your sneakers. Like them where they are, I said sleepily. Okay, if you want to sleep in your sneakers just for tonight, maybe every night. Mom ignored that. Peter, about Princeton, she began. I held up my hand. Don't want to talk about it. You don't have to talk. Just listen. Too tired to listen. All right, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Anyway, nothing I can do about it, just like Tootsie. Nothing I can do about her either. But you don't mind her now, do you? Getting used to her. And you'll get used to Princeton too. You'll see. Then she started telling me about where I'd go to school. But I was still half asleep and not really listening until she said something like, having your little brother in the same school. And I sat up suddenly wide awake. What did you say? About what? Just now. About fudge at school. Oh, we've had him tested, and even though he's a little young, we're going to be able to enroll him in kindergarten. After all, he's had a full year of preschool, and you know he can count by tens and recite the alphabet, and he knows his mouth, his months, and days of the week, and colors, and he can even spell Maine. Yeah, yeah, I said. We all know the kid's a genius, but you said something else about him going to the same school as me? That's right. You'll be in sixth grade, and he'll be in kindergarten. Won't that be fun? Fun? That did it. I jumped off the bed and grabbed my Adidas bag. You think it's fun to go to a new school? I don't even know anybody there. And I definitely don't want to go to school with the little monster. You don't understand anything, do you? I opened my dresser and drawers and dumped my clothes into the bag. This time I'm really leaving. Peter, honey, Mom said. You can't run away every time you hear something you think you don't like. I don't think it. I know it. Even so, running away doesn't solve anything. Maybe not for you, but it does for me. I toss in my baseball glove, my favorite jeans, half of my Mad magazines, a few of my smaller maps, and a couple of tapes. Shall I make you a peanut butter sandwich to take along, Mom asked, smiling? Don't give me any of you that little boy stuff I told her because I mean it I'm leaving she stopped smiling I can understand how you feel but daddy and I thought daddy you don't think of the same way as me I'm beginning to see that and if you cared about me at all even just a little bit you wouldn't have done this you wouldn't have Peter we care about you a lot that's one of the reasons for moving to Princeton and we didn't even get to tell you the really big news oh there's more, I said. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Daddy's taking the year off. I stopped packing. He quit his job at the agency? No. He's been fired? No. Then what? He's taking a leave of absence. Wait. He wants to tell you himself. She went to the door and called. Warren, Warren, can you come in here? I'm changing Tootsie, Dad called back. Be there in a minute. I thought Dad never changed a diaper in his life. He didn't. Not until Tootsie came along. What's so special about changing your diapers? I asked. Nothing. It's just that Dad realized he missed out on some sort of some of your baby experiences, and he doesn't want to make the same mistake again. He's so busy changing Tootsie, he hasn't got time for anybody else. Peter, that's not fair, Mom said. What do you know about fair? Dad came into my room smelling like baby lotion. I told Peter you have a surprise for him, Mom said. I'm taking the year off, Dad said. 
And that way I'll be home more time, have more time to spend with the family because I'll be working at home. I'm going to write a book. A book, I said? That's right. On the history of advertising and the effects on the American people. Couldn't you write something more interesting, I asked? Like a book about a kid who runs away because his parents decide to move without asking him first? Sounds like a good book. Story, Dad said. Maybe you should write it yourself. Maybe I will, I said. And I'd like to know how we're going to eat with you not working. We got some money saved, and I'll probably get an advance for writing the book. Give it a chance, Peter, Mom said. I'll think about it, I told her. But if I'm gonna gone in the morning, don't be surprised. And then from the other room, I could hear Fudge singing himself to sleep. M-A-I-F-E spells main. F-U-D-G-E spells fudgy. P-E-T-E-R spells pita. B-E-E-R spells whiskey. Will you listen to that, I said? That could should be a big hit in kindergarten. Again, third graders, what I'd like you to do is read the first page of chapter four off the wall. It's a really funny chapter that we'll get to. I also want you to draw me a picture of a favorite park that you like going to, either in Barnesville or Fargo or anywhere else that you like to. And just seesaw it to me and take care. Hope to see you soon. Sure do miss seeing you guys in the classroom.